I follow too many political people on Twitter, Josh. I'm just going to tell you right now. Because our president, Joe Biden, celebrated his birthday, and there's a picture of him with his uh, birth. Have you seen this in the candles? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, give it a look. Give it a search. And, again, mad respect for the president and the president's office. But the cake literally looks like it's on fire. I mean, it literally looks like it's on fire. They've torched it? Well, because of all the candles. And when you see him sitting there getting ready to blow it out, the uh, the, the glow from the candles being lit, it, it looks like there's fire shooting out of it. <laughs> That's poor. It's unsafe, is it not? Well, number one, yes. And number two, the memes that have come from it are really, really a productivity killer for me. So y'all got to stop trying to be funny on the how, internet. Uh, how many candles is that? What is Joe? Is he 80 now? I eat. <laughs> By the way, speaking of 81, 81. Speaking of funny memes, he could, he could spend all day trying to blow those candles out. I never would. You see it? Speaking of funny memes, or I, I guess this would be reels. The reel where the husband and wife sit down with the grandfather and it it's setting up as if it's a they're trying to talk him into going to the nursing home. It's like, listen, Dad, it's you're not hearing as well. You're not moving around as well. You know, we just can't help take care of you. And then the payoff is we think it's time for you to run for the U.S. Senate. <laughs> so not a political guy. But those two, those two were funny, 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 funny. All right, a story that did not make the top five stories of the day, if that makes any sense. Does that make any sense at all? A story that did not make the top five stories of the day? Just missed the cut. Just missed the cut. Would have been college basketball? And I'm not going to lie, it's it's starting to suck me in a little bit. Starting to suck me in a little bit. Because you've got it on all day long. Like, there's these holiday tournaments that are going on. Oklahoma, you've got a double dip, Josh. you got OU and Iowa coming up this week. So Thanksgiving Day. That's right, Thursday. Holy smokes. We've got games going on right now. Um, I, I thought what ended up being the Final Four... In the Maui Classic, which is what being played in Honolulu this year, I think the Final Four that shaped up in that is incredible. I'm watching UCLA last night; they're taking on Marquette, and you have that moment where you're like, "Oh, that's right, Marquette's really good." So, that's a great semifinal. Texas got smoked by UConn last night. So, uh, Tennessee won. I'm just, I guess, my point more than anything else, Josh. College basketball, this is about that time, starting to suck me in just a little bit, just a little bit. And the final four in that Maui Invitational, Purdue versus Tennessee tonight at 7, and Kansas versus Marquette tonight at 9.30. Doesn't get much better than that, does it? Pretty good. Pretty good. I love college hoops, man. How's uh, your girl Caitlin Clark doing after her Manning cast appearance last night? I, Did, was was I that think, well, a, an aggregator? That was back. Had, uh, that was back when it was fun. Dude, Mark Wahlberg last night. I don't watch the Manning cast. I'm like the one media guy that doesn't because I like to watch the game, 
And I don't need Peyton Manning and Eli Manning interviewing people. I want them talking about the game that I'm watching. But the reaction to the Mark Wahlberg stuff last night was pretty funny. What happened? I, I, I meant to go searching for that, and uh, I didn't. Was it just he was, awkward or what? He was, he was just adult. He didn't, like, really do anything. It was just snooze fest. He seemed like he wanted to be anywhere else but there. Anywhere else but there. Then, We've all been there. Then just say, you know what, no. I don't want to do it. You're Mark Wahlberg, for goodness sakes. All right, well, let's get after it. Top five stories of the day. We're here at Riverwind Casino on a uh, Tuesday, almost said Friday. All kinds of great events coming up, including Midland on New Year's Eve. Tickets are available at Riverwind.com. Don't forget uh, Lee Bryce. Memories I don't mess with. His tour is coming on December 15th. And Pete Davidson right around the corner. Find all that information right now at Riverwind.com. All right, let's hit the top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107, different part of town, good partners, good friends with Riverwind Casino. They got their OTB that's kicking. They've got 14 different table games, and they've got great rewards online right now at Riverwind.com. All right. Big story, number five. Number five. You know what tonight is, Josh? Tonight, college football playoff rankings. Now, last week, the big story was Georgia jumping Ohio State to number one. The rest of the top eight remained the same. Do you expect Florida State to get leapt by Washington. Yeah, I would say probably so. I think that's the big storyline tonight, right? We, um, I don't think Ohio State's going to jump back over Georgia. Um, I don't see Ohio State or Michigan dropping, even though the Michigan game was a little bit tighter. I know in both the AP and the coaches poll, they swapped Ohio State for Michigan. So I don't know if that's going to be the case, if that will necessarily happen here tonight. But what do you think, man? What's up, Justin? It's good to see you, man. What do you think, Josh? You know, Washington would have had a case regardless to jump Florida State because of the win in Corvallis anyways. Right. But uh, with the Jordan Travis news in conjunction with it, I'm going to, yeah, be pretty surprised if they're not number four tonight. And honestly, there's a good chance that maybe even a a one-loss team jumps florida state what do you think about that you talking about the oregon ducks yeah i think it would set an interesting precedent for the committee right to where they're taking injuries into account that probably won't happen they'll probably just put washington up one but uh, i mean really right now you hate to say it but you could probably drop florida state back a ways you know i agree I agree. But they've they've shown the committee at least, and, and I know, listen, if, if Dave Bartu and his crew, I, they, they claim it's all a mathematical formula, right? And whenever we act, I'm like, man, this I'm surprised this didn't happen. And, and if I ever tweet it, you know, he or the smart math people, Blinken, 
CFP professor, like the, the people that understand math, they would say, well, you shouldn't be surprised, and they're not moving the goalposts. This is what they've always done. But I feel like this year has been a little bit different. Still, with that said, it would really set a unique precedence if they dropped Florida State. Florida State didn't play all that well either this weekend, right? Even when, even when Jordan Travis was in the game. Now, they'd have to drop him more than to number five for it to really set right. a unique precedent because Washington leapfrogging them is, again, like I said, I, you could make that argument if Jordan Travis was healthy. Right. Do, um, here's the other thing that I would just add real quick on this. Should we be accounting for injuries? See, I say yes. I say yes, absolutely. And, and when I say, I shouldn't say absolutely. I say yes, but I'm not like dug in on this hill and I'm ready to die. I'll hear the arguments on the other side. But to me, when you're starting quarterback, who has been a Heisman Trophy candidate and arguably the best player on your team, when he goes down, Josh, that to, that to me seems to be a pretty good indication that you're not going to be as good as you were, say, with him. Wild, right? But I just, I get the sense, I get the sense that we're going to see some shaking up tonight. Well, and if Florida State wasn't unbeaten, right? I mean, if they were in that pack of one-loss teams, then you'd see him. I think, duck all the way back maybe, or that would be an easier move to make. But they're unbeaten, right? I mean, they're in that group of teams, so it's tough to justify penalizing a team because it lost its quarterback beyond one and two lost teams. Here's a note from Dave Bartu, whom I really – when I mention it, it's I'm, I'm enamored with him. I think he's great. I think, I think the work they do is great. He writes, the Ducks move to number one. The Oregon Ducks move to number one in the playoff committee's game control through 12 weeks heading into this rankings show. He adds, it's a game of inches. If they had beaten Washington, their model would have projected Oregon to be the number one team in the rankings this week. Now, again, that's an if, and it's irrelevant for now. But looking ahead... That leads me to believe in all the metrics that we think that they use and they care about that one of the team that stands to benefit the most by winning is a one-loss Oregon. Oregon would uh, play Washington again in the Pac-12 championship? The, everyone's still alive right now. Everyone's still alive. Um, ex- I mean, I think Washington is clinched, but Oregon – and Arizona are still alive. When I say everyone, Oregon and Arizona. If Oregon State beats Oregon and Arizona State beats Arizona, then I think Arizona gets that tiebreaker. But I don't. If, I mean, if Arizona team. beats Arizona State and Oregon right. loses. Did I, did I say that right? I'm sorry if I didn't say that right. But, yeah, that's Josh in on the head. All right. Big story. Anything else you want to add on the rankings tonight? Is there any other real drama? I don't think so. I mean, uh, can, can we mention it from a Sooner fan perspective? Sure. I fully expect him to move up. Oregon State lost, right? I don't – I think what's going to be fascinating is seeing what the committee does with, like, an LSU because LSU has incredible strength of schedule. 
They're a spot behind the Sooners from last week. OU did not necessarily wow against BYU, but they won the game. Uh, In fairness, Penn State didn't necessarily wow against Rutgers, but they won the game. So Oregon, here's what I would say for OU. How far do they drop Penn State? I'm sorry, Oregon State. And to me, if they don't drop Oregon State below Oklahoma, which they should, then maybe we'll have a little bit of a fight on the show tomorrow with everybody. It would be tough to rank. I don't think you can. LSU in front of Oklahoma, given that they've lost another right. game. They've got good losses, right? But That's true. You know, Florida State, Ole Miss, and Alabama, but they don't have the same – they don't have the Texas win, right? They want it Mizzou. I, that's right. I would say from a other things to keep an eye on is the, the committee has been pretty consistent. And when you lose, like, for instance, you lose to a good – Penn State only dropped two spots. Ole Miss only dropped four spots last week, right? So – Oregon State lost in a tight game to a good Washington team. That, to me, is the kind of the spot I'm keeping an eye on. Does that 11, where Oregon State was last week, do they drop below Oklahoma? And if they do, then I think that's that's really good for us in that New Year's Day 6 conversation. All right, um, number four. Number four. Oof, I got a ton of NFL stuff. Let's just rapid fire through it. First, Robert Sala made a change yesterday with his starting quarterback. And speaking of uh, change, it's been pretty constant in the National Football League and quarterback and offensive coordinator. Here's the Jets coach. You know, just to give him an opportunity, uh, a different style of quarterback. Um, so really it's just to give him an opportunity to see if we can do something with the offense. So Tim Boyle will get to start Friday in the Black Friday showdown. Meanwhile, the New England Patriots have not made their decision yet on who's going to start at quarterback this weekend. Tom Brady talked about Bill Belichick. I think he's an incredible coach. He's the best coach in my belief in the, in the history of the game. So, I mean, I don't know. Get, uh, the thought of him not being in New England is hard for me to think about. Wow. So I, I think he's he's he prepares the team really well. And ultimately, you got to have a lot of people around you to succeed. you got to have a lot of things in place for the organization to be successful. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's probably coaching much difference now than when we were undefeated in 2007. Right. I'm sure he's preparing the team the same way. Did that statement from Tom Brady really deserve a wow? Wow. I think he's the best coach ever. Wow. Wow. (laughs) And meanwhile, this morning, all of my Steeler friends are rejoicing because Matt Canada was fired out as the Steelers' offensive coordinator. Since we're on the NFL, big story number three. Congrats to the Pittsburgh Hawkeyes. Number three. That's what they seem like, man. What a game last night on Monday night football. Chiefs had control for a majority of the game, but a fourth-quarter comeback led by the Eagles' defense, the Chiefs' mistakes, and Jalen Hurts. Do we push-push? Do they brotherly shove? They push. They shove. Now there's a penalty flag thrown, and we'll see about that. Touchdown! That penalty's declined. Result of play is touchdown. Eagles take the lead for the first time in this game. Philadelphia Eagles radio network, and then the Chiefs had a chance. Snap to Mahomes, retreating. He's unloading it long. He's got Valdez Scantling, and he cannot hang on to the ball. He drops the ball in the end zone. 
A deep post pattern. The Chiefs had it. They had the defender beat. And Valdez Scantling on a deep post had the deep safety beat. And Valdez Scantling drops the ball at the one-yard line. By the way, I didn't realize it. Maybe this is why Troy Aikman's one of the best. I thought that was a really good defensive play on that fourth down play to Watson. That was a drop. <laughs> I mean, that hit him right in the hands. Yeah. And I think, oh, gosh, dude. I know that it sucks to lose, but still in control of the West. Kansas City wins it last night. How are you feeling overall about things in Chiefs' kingdom right now? Oh, I'm concerned. You can't, can't score in the second half. They're the worst in the National Football League doing that uh, in the second half. So they got some legitimate offensive concerns. The other side of the equation is they're as good defensively as they've been so in the Mahomes era. So that, that gives you a little bit of hope. And the AFC right now with what happened with Mark Andrews, you know, Baltimore, if that's your chief challenger, okay, well, they're dealing with a legitimate injury concern in their own right. So the AFC path still feels attainable for Kansas City. And if there was one side of the football to choose where your issues would be with Mahomes, you'd probably choose offense. But, yep. man, right now they just, gosh, they look like they have a ton of – and they do. They don't look like they do have a lot of offensive issues to work through. And yet they're good enough defensively to – who knows, right? They might get to go play for a world championship before it's all said and done. But it's uh, – I don't know. It's tough to figure out should you be concerned or not with Kansas City right now. I think you probably should on some level. I think you have to be, right? A little bit. But you still got this guy. I know I'm gonna keep firing it. That's just who I am. I'm gonna fire it uh, to the guy who's open. Usually they make the, they're gonna make the plays. I mean it's, it happens. I mean I threw an interception in the red zone on a, if I just flatten Jay Watt off. Um, so uh, it wasn't that wasn't that didn't just lose the game. I mean there was a lot of stuff that happened throughout the game, and so uh, you just gotta keep firing. All right, big story number two. Number two. It's creeping up on us, baby. It's creeping up on us. Christmas is right around the corner, or as I like to put it, the time I really get engaged in the NBA season. But in fairness, the NBA and college basketball has given us a couple of pretty cool storylines. We get back in action with some in-season tournament play tonight. But the Thunder will be back in action on Wednesday night. They host the Chicago Bulls, who are terrible. OKC at 10-4. and Chet had the big play. Uh, by the way, you guys, I mean, it's it's been a minute since Durant and Westbrook were cooking, but some of you act like it was like 20 years ago. It's like, oh, I remember when the Thunder, everyone was so excited about it. I mean, it's like five years ago. Everybody calm down. Yeah, a little bit more than that. When, uh, was it 16? Boy, when, when Durant left? Ago. Yeah. What year was Is that right, or was yeah. it earlier than that? It was, well, because July you got to remember. It was July 4th, and I just moved down here, so it must have been 15, actually. Yeah, because I remember the next morning <laughs> you came on the airwaves and were defending Kevin Durant. That did not go That's over right. very well. That's right. No one was very happy with me. Like, you left to take him out of job. Calm down. He wasn't happy. Oh, how dare you? And you how were, dare you? You were wrong then, and you're wrong <laughs> was, this morning. Though it, right. uh, it hasn't been <laughs> eons ago, and yet, yeah, there has been a, a little bit of life in between. Yeah, I mean – Everyone that's still blaming him for leaving for Golden State, okay, that's fine. We, I don't. He didn't want to play with Russell Westbrook. He didn't like the direction that OKC was head, and he liked what was going on at Golden State. And I might add, his biggest mistake 
I don't think he was up front with OKC, and that's what peeved me off more than anything else. I don't think this was like a Lincoln. You know, it's not like Lincoln Riley, who waited until that morning, Josh, to make his decision to leave for USC, okay? <laughs> that's right. He got that final phone call, and that next morning decided. Yeah, he's just like, hey, I got to go. OKC back in action tomorrow night against the Chicago Bulls, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Um, there was one thing hidden in all of the – I don't even really know it was hidden, but just not really talked about too terribly much. OU named permanent captains yesterday. Now – I guess this is to lead through the off season, right? But do you, it, it, are we just looking at captains a little bit different as guys who are going to guide you through the to the off season or what? Because I would think you would want your permanent captains in place in November. It never materialized last year at all. But Josh, oh, you named permanent captains yesterday, and I'm not going to lie with you. I'm not going to lie to you. Whenever it was announced, it was like, oh, okay, well just in time for the season finale (laughs) but it should come as no surprise as to the uh, names that Oklahoma had as their permanent captains Billy Bowman Ethan Downs Dylan Gabriel Danny Stutzman Drake Stoops Woody Washington and McCain Metallier the only thing weird to me is like the timing of it yeah final final home game for a permanent captain i you know me. I, I've told you this on a number of different occasions. I would prefer they just name permanent captains to start the year. but right. uh, Or midseason, somewhere much sooner than what they've been doing. But this is the world we've been existing in. And uh, if that's how they want to approach it, I'm not going to stamp my feet and throw a big fit that they wait until the final home game to name permanent captains. You get more people an opportunity to be a captain is sort of a cool thing in its own way, right? I, I feel like it's a little unconventional and not necessarily <laughs> my favorite thing, but, hey, here you got permanent captains before the final home game. I do think at some point you you want to honor permanent captains, right? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. All right, quick break. When we come back, let's continue to pay off big story number one, which is the countdown Oklahoma and TCU. That's 11 a.m. Saturday morning, uh, Friday morning, excuse me, Friday morning, Black Friday. It is my understanding, Josh, that we will be on the road for the show, the pre-pregame show on on uh, Friday morning, and we're going to be on the road with an OEC Fiber Football Friday tomorrow, tomorrow, because we're getting Thanksgiving Day off. But we also want to remind everyone that we're spending our Tuesday here at Riverwind Casino, Highway 9 off I-35. Pete Davidson's coming on December 3rd. You've got Lee Bryce right around the corner. Ron White Hater's going to be here on December 30th. And uh, all kinds of great promotions currently going on. Riverwind.com or 405-322-6464. More Brent Venables next on The Ref. All right. um, Let's go back through some of Coach's press conference, a few things that caught my eye. The second half, Oklahoma has been one of the best defenses in college football. We had the note from Sunday's game, my goodness, Saturday's game, about only allowing, what was it, like eight yards, nine yards in the second half. They were fantastic. And they've been one of the best second-half defenses in college football this season. Number one in the Big 12, allowing only a touchdown in the third quarter. 
Coach Venables talked on Monday about what's made the defense so good in the second half. Yeah, no, again, we made some just some slight adjustments. A lot of it just reaffirmed, hey, fellas, here, here's what they're doing, and uh, here's where we got to be. We got a little better in the second half. They're still, we gave up a couple of explosive runs. It takes one guy. You in in the A gap, you in in the C gap, you're not the B gap. Everybody else can be where they're supposed to be, playing with the discipline that they're supposed to play with, you know. If the three technique is supposed to take on a double team, we can't ask him to swim the guy and go make the play in the C gap. Even if you know it's going in the C, you got to take on the double team. Let me get this other guy squared away. But really felt like putting all these fingers in all these different holes that were leaking. This one, I got this one, got to get this one. And it and it's, uh, wasn't good. But at halftime, just about the second half, we played a little better. I think they had maybe six drives in the second half. I think we forced three punts. We had two turnovers, gave up a touchdown drive. That's a pretty good half. Uh, two of the turnovers were, were uh, one was converted into a touchdown, one we ran back for a touchdown. Again, we had three, I think there were three three and outs, two three and outs, maybe a five and out. And uh, and then we gave up a touchdown drive. And I go back and look at the, the fourth down play on the touchdown drive. And, you know, you know, uh, there's a few things and new wrinkles uh, that they had that are going to happen every single week. That wasn't one of them, and uh, we got to be better there and to, to prevent the touchdown. But uh, you know, at times our tackling was really terrible, and um, but I thought our guys played with good resolve and toughness. Again, you you don't overcome the things that we overcome if 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 you don't have tough guys. And what I love these guys, man, they laid on the line. Uh, super coachable. Nobody pointing fingers. Nobody blaming. Guys taking responsibility, owning it, so it takes that before you can get the result that you have. Uh, you know, in the first half, I thought we were on our heels. Again, a little bit better. A couple of those explosive runs are really disappointing. We had a safety that is in a wrong rotation one time, and they, they got us for a uh, 25-, 28-yarder uh, there in the second half. Again, like I said, if you ain't there, that's where they're going to run, and that's it's, it's not going to be good. And uh, But... Um, I think that's what it is. Again, resolve, toughness, investment, belief, uh, leadership, uh, guys that care. I think that showed up. And um, and again, it's you look around college football. I think you, you know. I sometimes again, I know we cover just the Sooners, but everybody here loves uh, collegiate athletics and follows college football. Yeah, several games against opponents that maybe. Uh, on paper are not quite as good if you want to call them inferior whatever you want to call them but expectation is that you manhandle if that's michigan and maryland whatever it is if it's uh you know why is this team here if it's you know uh, i don't want to go through and everybody gets all sensitive and but that's the game you know it's the game it's a uh, uh it's a long season and it's hard to you know always beat your best um uh, you know i still don't think we've been at our best yet you know, and and that's disappointing too. But uh, that's not what you're asking. And just fighting, finding a way. And again, having you know, we've played several uh, you know tough games this year. Uh, sometimes the end result looks a little easier than what it was. But whether the, again that starts back to you know if that's Cincinnati, if that's SMU, if that's Texas. Uh, you know, we were in some battles and we came on the wrong side of it. But we had chances to win in both the you know the Kansas, the Oklahoma State game. Uh, you know, the UCF game. I mean, we've had a bunch of tough games, and we've been a little better. And so through all that, it creates and supports belief and uh, find a way to get it done. And, again, we've been a gritty, a tough group. With Again, these guys love each other. 
tremendously invested, and so they're not going to just surrender and you know give in when things ain't going right, especially when it, it's exactly opposite of what you prepared. Even though you know I'm always, you know, you're going to get their best. They play great at home. Uh, you know, if we don't do X, Y, and Z the right way all the time, you know, be the model consistently. They're going to, you know, this game's going to punish you. So, um, really, uh, again, they responded good and. Uh, our guys are in a great place. I mean, this, this late in the season, I I love watching these guys. They come to the facility every day, put in time on their own. They like it, and they like each other. Uh, they have good, um, strong relationships with their coaches. It's a great environment for them to come into every day. I'm not promoting and toting that. I just watch it. And if it's not there, I'm not going to say it. Uh, but they, it's a healthy, uh, connected place where that's a lot of fun. These guys like to practice. They got great juice and energy. They make each other better. There ain't no dead batteries in that locker room, and that's what I like. Uh, these are guys that they buy into the iron sharpens iron. It's uh, you know, and they're enjoying their time together. And- yep. I mean that's a lengthy answer, but it's incredibly encouraging. But it leaves me asking this, Josh: Is this gonna be a year? that we look back at and wonder if they played their best game. Pretty close to Texas, right? Really, really good against Iowa State and West Virginia. And I don't know if you ever go through a year where you have a complete game, right? I just, it's it's hard. And it's virtually impossible in a coach's mind, right, where they're like, yeah, we played pretty perfect there. That was a great game. But I, I feel like we have three really good examples. Texas, and I'm talking in in conference play, Texas, West Virginia, Iowa State. Are we going to hang our hats on those three and hopefully TCU on Friday? Or will it be one of those years where you're like, man, this team just never really had that that, that complete game? I feel like those three are pretty good. Iowa State uh, got started off with some run defense issues, but from that point forward, I mean, offensively they were great in the game, and uh, they did tighten up after, again, a slow quarter plus start in the run defense department texas you beat a great texas team a really good texas team so you're not going to complain about anything in that game right though uh you know obviously you had chances to to maybe run away with the thing and a fourth down conversion you didn't get missed field goal that you didn't make meant that you had to go on a game-winning drive so there's ways that i would entertain an argument for no it wasn't perfect in that game but you beat texas right Right. and uh, it's the best version of texas we've seen since what, Colt McCoy? So, yeah, you're not going to – it's probably that game. West Virginia obviously very complete as well. We we haven't seen consistency like those three games is really the main thing for Oklahoma, right? But, look, probably you're always searching for right. one more complete game performance. I agree. All right, we'll take a break. We're at Riverwind Casino, riverwind.com. They've also announced that Joe Coy and friends are coming in January. You can find details and ticket information right now at riverwind.com. We'll hit the best of the texts next right here on The Ref. Final hour of the Plank Show. We're back. It's presented by Moppin Roofing. Give Bob Moppin and his team a call. 405-703-3843. Moppin Roofing, a full-service company, family-owned and operated with over 35 years of experience. To the text line we go. 405-651-3439. Knippemeyer Chevrolet text line. A lot of captains conversation, Plank, out of the 918. Having different captains every Saturday mirrors today's society. (laughs) 
everyone gets up uh, gets a participation trophy. I don't like it. Well, I let me tell you, you're not alone. There are some people that feel that that same way, but I I got you know Jim in Arlington sent a note and said, hey, you know, remember Coach said in the preseason they they would name permanent captains at the end of the season, and you know that that's fine. You know I I I guess I don't have a problem with it. But I think it also, I think it also shows you just how good that locker room is, right? So that that to me, it's not a everybody gets a participation trophy. I mean, you're not you're not seeing guys be captains, Josh, that you know suck, <laughs> or or that haven't played some or a lot or been. It's it's been a reward for how you practice and how you prepare and how you play. So. I mean, in the end, I, I don't have a, a the, what was it, seven guys, eight guys? I, I kind of think those have been the leaders the majority of the season, right? Indeed. Yeah, I, I think they I think they got it right, don't you? I yeah. mean, is there anybody yeah. else that? Uh... No. Maybe Farouk. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but Drake being on there kind of fills that receiver void. They're both really good leaders. And, and you got to have Drake Stoops as one of the That's permanent right. guys. You That's just have right. to. All right, where are we going next? 405. So OU should drop because DG got hurt? Well, I would say DG's not a season-ending injury. Right. That we know of. Well, that's true. But also, Oklahoma's battling for like 9 through 12 right now. So to me, I understand the question, and I don't think you're trying to be like smug about it. No. But we're... We're talking about a team that's in a battle with five undefeated teams for four spots. Did I get that number right? Five undefeated teams for four spots. So, like, the the margin of difference is, is fascinating. And I, here, here, can I make a prediction for tonight? I bet Washington's going to jump Florida State. And I bet, and, and I'd love to be proven wrong, but I bet the committee tries to sell us that it has nothing to do with Jordan Travis's injury and everything to do with Oregon beating Oregon. Or I'm sorry, Washington beating Oregon State. And it honestly might have more to do with that. The, the national reaction might be, oh, well, this is because Jordan Travis got hurt. But, Plank, if Travis was healthy, they probably would have bumped Washington up one slot because of the, the merit of that road win in Corvallis. Hmm. Good point. Good point. Uh, any more you want to get to? Let's see here. Chapstick. Let them at least play a game with a backup before dropping them. Field results should matter. And I think, you know, I'll entertain that argument. That's fair. Um, yeah, no, no, I agree. And, and remember, Florida State had to play a game with a backup last year and won. Um, the backup's name is one of those that I have uh, I've looked at a couple of times, and I hear – I hear everyone say it so smoothly, and for some reason, I just don't want to say it like it's pronounced. It's Rodemaker, like Rodemaker, and I want to—I want to keep saying Rodmaker, and then I want to laugh about it. It's like Tate Rodmaker, but it's Rodemaker, and he hasn't started since 2020. 2020, man. So I agree, and it is Florida, Florida State, Florida. Florida's playing with a backup quarterback, too, the kid out of Lincoln Christian. But I think it's fair point. 
And then one more uh, I wanted to hit from the 405 before we get to our Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts. Guys, if we were talking about the 24 offensive line, who's the new center? Portal? Um, I think you're going to have – well, well I, I mean, Andrew Rain can – he's got one more year of eligibility if he wants to use it. But I think that let's say he graduates and moves – and I don't even know who's all going through senior day ceremonies yet. I'm sure I'll find that out shortly. Or I could find that out shortly, I guess. But who's the, who's the kid from Colorado, Josh, that you've talked to that you like? Joshua Bates. You got Joshua Bates and Troy Everett. Troy Everett is probably a natural true center. Not big enough to be a guard, but as far as smarts and everything you need to be a center, I would say Troy Everett's going to be your center. I think Kane's Green got a, Kane Green has a decision to make. Does he want to be a left guard or a left tackle? So whichever spot he wants, he'll probably have that. It sounds to me like Jacob Sexton has kind of asserted himself as a right tackle if Guyton doesn't come back. And then we'll kind of see what happens at the guard spot. But Bill Beatonbow, Josh, if there's one thing that we know, he has absolutely attacked the portal. And it seems to me that he likes finding guys that he has a lot more tape on. High school offensive linemen are such a challenging recruit, right? It's such a challenging um, scout. But in college, you can take a little bit more time and, and look at the tape and see what you got. I think as bad as, as Matoyer was last year, I think he's been a heck of a find this year. I think that Troy Everett's got a chance to be a difference maker for them next year at center if they want to use him there. I mean, I'll be, look at what Rouse and Guyton have become. Tyler Guyton still, I mean, hasn't played a ton of offensive line. So I think it's going to be one of the more fascinating positions next year. We only have one more segment left, dude. That's it, Show's dude. over. Week's done. Hey, don't forget the Sunday brunch buffet here at Riverwind Casino. It's incredible from everything that I've been told. Also, great events, great acts coming, including Pete Davidson on December 3rd. Get your tickets now at riverwind.com or through the box office at 405-322-6464. Primrose Funeral Services, final thoughts are next right here on The Ref. Primrose Funeral Service brings you our final thoughts uh, good to see Justin Yahola. He is uh, as passionate of a Sooner fan as you will find and always makes it possible for us to be here at Riverwind Casino. Primrose Final Thoughts, with 80 years of service, their sincere commitment is to make life and things a little easier for you and your family in a time of loss. Pre-planning is definitely something worth looking into. 405-321-6000 or online at primrosefuneralservices.com. To... Um, I was trying to dig into this story about a Miami student. He somehow he somehow came up with a $4 million fraud scheme and is facing 45 years in prison. He used the four, he used the $4 million, Josh, because he's not necessarily a looker, right? He's got a little bit of – who is the um, – oh, gosh, uh, Freed um, – Oh, the guy that had the NFT scam, and everyone was on board with him. He's got a little bit of that in him. Uh, 45 years in prison after funding Dubai trips with his girlfriend through a $4 million fraud. Matthew Frederick Bergwell charged under an indictment with conspiracy to commit computer and mail fraud. Apparently... He would pursue full refunds from victim retailers while maintaining physical possession of the merchandise. 
10,000 fraudulent returns that resulted in $3.5 million in lost projects, uh, um, profits. And then he'd turn around and he'd sell them again. Oh, man. Among his fraudulent dealings, he bought himself a $41,000 President Day date Rolex, a $600 skateboard. Oh, that's kind of like a, a, you go from spending $41,000 to $600. It's like, Chunk oh, change. Yeah, I know, right? A 43-inch smart TV and a pair of Reebok shoes. He then submitted fake tracking information to the company, company prompting him to receive the refunds. Oh, I see. So he'd buy it, and then he's like, I never got this, or I didn't want it, and they'd send him the money back. Oh, my God. Brilliant. Well, I mean, he's going to jail. So it's not yeah, really brilliant until the 45 years of hard time. I love that he got the 43-inch TV instead of, like, right. I don't know. Like, like the 71-inch. See, Justin. Like, like dude, you yeah. are you got $4 million to play with. You're going to get the El Cheapo TV? And then uh, the story about how Aaliyah Petty, who is Brandon Ingram's baby mama, is now having a child with Portland Trailblazers star Anthony, Anthony Simmons. Like is that always is that considered out of bounds when you play each other to talk trash or is that something that's brought up you think whenever they square off? I, I don't know if anything is it probably should be out of bounds, but I don't know that anything necessarily is. <laughs> Steelman has all the notes ready to preview OUTCU. There's our final thoughts. Couple of non sooner, non sports. Well, I guess one of them was a sports nugget. Josh are we? I think we're on the road for our OEC Fiber Football Friday on a Wednesday tomorrow. So you all have a great rest of your Tuesday. But the man, the myth, the legend, Steely, Mike Steely, with Parker Thune next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.